we're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. 2023 in our first worship service together. Every new year, there is a stirring in our hearts to do better, to be better, to serve better, to eat better. There's Amen. Everybody said amen. amen. And I want to tell you that that stirring in your heart, God is a part of that stirring. God stirs the heart of people that don't even believe in him. But I believe that God is the one stirring those hearts to do better to be better, to live better. God has new for us. God wants us all to step into new. Have you considered what new things God may have for you this year? You really should take some time to do that. Do not wait to December to do that. Start now. Do it now. There are new lessons that God has for you. There are new skills that God has for you to hone so you can use them. Yeah, and they take a lot of practice. And sometimes they take a lot of failure. But getting right back up and trying again. There is new knowledge that God has for you. There are new accomplishments. There are wins that God has for you. There are new promotions and new jobs that God has for you to do. There are new levels of strength. New levels of power. And new levels of his grace. And God's got all of it for you. We serve a God of new, and he's got new for you. Often there is one thing that keeps us from the new things that God has for us, and it's this. The enemy of the new is the old. The enemy of new is old. Can you say that with me? The enemy of new is old, all right? You cannot focus on the old and the new at the same time. You really can't. I've seen organizations try to chart a new course, but do all the old things that they used to try to do. Does that usually work? No, it doesn't. I've seen churches do the exact same. I've, I've seen families do those things. I've seen families, I've seen people, I've seen young people go, you know what, I'm going to get out of debt. I, that's the new thing I want to do. But then they hold to all their old habits. How do you think that, that works? Right? I want to get in shape. That's the new thing. Six-pack abs is the new thing God has for me. But Dunkin' Donuts is my old recipe for a breakfast. How's that going to work? Right, yeah. God told Abraham to leave the old place and travel to a new place. It's in Genesis 12 and 1. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. He says, go from this place that you've known. Go from this place where your daddy raised you. Go from this place where you, you know everybody and everybody knows you. And I want you to leave this old place because I have a new place for you to go. Could he have held on to the old place and receive the new place. It doesn't work that way. God has something new for you Abraham. But obtaining the new. Will require letting go of the old. Sometimes 
That can be really hard. I'm telling you that was really hard for Abram. Because he left the town where his dad had brought him. His dad died in that town. The name of the town he left was named after his own brother who had died. It was hard to leave. But there's a lesson here. In order to get to the new, God will sometimes ask you to walk away from old traditions, old locations, and old relationships. Old traditions, old locations, and old relationships. That's the story of Abraham. The Apostle Paul says it this way. Says it in Philippians 3 and 13. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining ahead toward, straining toward what is ahead. The old things of the past can't be in our focus anymore. We got to forget some things. You got to forget some things behind you so that you can strain towards what is new yet not attained in front of you. This would, you know, if the, if the old things were our focus while we're reaching for the new, that would make as much sense as driving forward in your car but only looking in the rearview mirror. It doesn't make sense. When you are driving, you should only take quick glances at the rearview mirror. Anybody remember learning that? If you didn't learn that, listen, that's the thing. You should do that. Especially on, I think that's about 50% of the problems with I-75. That you, you can also look behind you for just brief moments. You can do that. All right. That car that's wanting you to move faster. And why are you in the left lane? Oh, pray for those people. If you're looking in the rear view mirror, you, it's hard to go forward. You're only supposed to take quick glances. It doesn't mean you need to remove the rear view mirror of your life. It doesn't mean you never need to remember these things in the past again, but you're only supposed to take quick glances at those things. The majority of your focus should be a front window of your car where you're driving forward. It should be what's right in front of you. That should be the majority of your focus. Listen, do you know what that means? Parents, that means the kids that are right in front of you ought to be the majority of your focus. Stop looking in the rearview mirror at your failures. Stop looking at the rearview mirror of how you floundered in one decade of your life and look ahead of what's with you right now. You that are wanting to serve the Lord, that means that you look at what's in front of you. Who has God put right in front of you to minister to, to share your faith with, to pray with, to, to help and to serve instead of looking at what's in the past. Oh, that sin I've never been able to, to get rid of. I've never, that, that thing still is there. I still have trouble with those things. Stop looking behind you. Forget those things and press toward the high calling of God that is in front of you. The enemy of new is what? Old. Have you ever tried to create new habits only to struggle with old habits? Me too. Ever tried to create new achievement only to be haunted by old mistakes? Me too. You want to walk in a new freedom, but you find yourself chained to an old cage? Been there. The truth is that God has new for you. Even with the old sometimes calling out to you, mocking you, God has new for you. 
you're hearing these words, I want you to know that it's true. God has something new planned for you this year. He's got it for you. I want you to believe it today. He's got new dreams for you. You can dream again. Dream again. Dream about a better future. Dream about a better marriage. Dream about a better career. Dream about better health. Dream about it. There's a new calling. God has a new calling for you. Do you know that what you are is not always what you will be? God can change who you are. He can change your identity. And he can give you a brand new purpose and a calling. I'm telling you, God could put, God can call you up at any moment, put a word in your heart and in your mind, and before you know it, it's coming out of your mouth to somebody, and you're like, I don't even know if this is okay, but God has done it, and you just watch God work. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's a calling. And you'll be like, well, I didn't know God could do that. Oh, well, yeah. if you knew what God could do, would, you, would he be God? Of course he's going to call you into things you don't know about. Of course he's going to call you into things that are brand new. Sometimes brand new doesn't feel very safe. He's got a new career for you. I really want you to know that. That God, in the, he doesn't, you know, God doesn't read the Wall Street Journal. If, if Warren Buffett comes out and says, guys, I feel really bad about the future of the economy. Do you know that God doesn't consult him? I want to tell you that even if the whole world falls apart with inflation and war and high crime and leaky faucets in your home you don't know how to fix and, and a car with that, that little, there's a little light that always comes on. It's like a little hood that's popped up. Does anybody know what that means? Is that good? I think it meant you're doing a good job driving. Does that know what that means? You know, listen. With, with all the bad things that can happen, God can still give you an economy in your bank account that supersedes the economy around you. Everybody else could be losing your job, but God, the God that is for you, he could cause you to get a promotion. The whole world might be saying this is the worst year ever, but God's able to create this to be the best year you ever had. God can do it. Somebody say, yes, he can. A new relationship. And sometimes we, 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 we resign ourselves. That, that what has been will always be. We'll never have another relationship. Sometimes we've gone through a thing called divorce. Or sometimes we've gone through seasons. And people go, oh, the best years of your life are behind you. You ought to just let go of that. God's not, God doesn't work that way. God doesn't read Dear Abby either. He doesn't consult with Cosmo. He doesn't. He, he looks at a guy named Abraham and says, I'm going to set you up like you never dreamed. Looks at a, at a barren woman named Sarai and says, I think I'm going to call you Sarah right now because you're about to be a princess. Make that a queen because you're going to have a child who is the child of a nation. That's what I'm going to have for you. That's how God works. He can have a new relationship for you. How about hope? Anybody raise your hand if you need some hope today. God has a new hope for you, a new hope for you, a new revelation for you. I have already started reading my Bible plan this year. I'm so excited about it. I love it. I'm six days ahead. I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to do oh, Here's what I believe. This is like the 20th time I've read through my Bible, but I believe 
Kathy, I believe that God has new revelation for me in that book. And I'm going to get it, not just every once in a while. I'm going to get it daily. And that's how I'm praying. God, speak to me from this word. Speak to me in a brand new way. Let this word speak to my heart. Let it speak to my church. Let it speak to my neighbor. Let it speak to the Starbucks barista I'm about to run into. And God, I promise I'll be crazy enough to speak out any word you put in my heart. New revelation. And then this one. This one's essential. A new life. He's the giver of a new life. He's got a brand new life for you. God has new for you. Can you say that? God has new for you. In order to receive God's new, you have to let go of the old. Jesus taught us about this. Mark chapter 2, verse 22. He says these words. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. He's talking about new wine. He's talking about old wineskins. You don't pour New wine into old wineskins. Why? Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins. And both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. To receive new wine, you must accept new wineskins. All right, let's explain. In ancient times, they would take leather, often from a goat, or sheep, and make a bladder to contain liquid. You see, you got a plastic bottle, screw on lid and stuff. No, they cut up in a sheep and put together a wineskin. It's made out of leather. Long before glass, long before plastic bottles, they used actual animal skin to hold their liquids. And that's what a wineskin is. Wine is a fermentation. It is actively a changing chemical. It's changing at a chemical level. What, what, what was a juice that came out of a grape is sitting and it is actively changing. You follow me? And this is what new is all about. New is all about actively changing. Not sitting there dormant. Not sitting there and it's going to be the exact same way a year. I tell you what, that is the biggest concern I've got with churches. That churches don't change. That Christians don't change. You're supposed to be actively changing. That's what new wine is all about. It's fermenting. It's changing at a molecular level. It's actual chemical base is changing. What it is is now different. Wine, as it ferments, puts out carbon dioxide. As the wine is in a closed container, that gas builds up and it starts to exert pressure on the container. And an old wineskin is less, is less flexible than a new wineskin. Does that make sense? Yes. Anybody ever have something old that just falls apart in your hand? Yeah. It's wild. I've had plastic I've just picked up before, and it just falls apart. Sometimes I hold on to those plastic uh, planters way too long, and I'll leave them out in the sun. And I go, oh, there's a planter. I'll grab that one. And it will absolutely crumble in my hands because it's old and no longer flexible, and it's worn by the conditions of life. It no longer is pliable. It's now dust in my hand. I need something new. I need something new. 
old is less flexible than new. An old wineskin cannot handle the active changes of new wine. It's putting out that pressure. It's putting out that carbon dioxide. It's pushing out on that. And that new wineskin, that old wineskin, gives way to that force of pressure. The gas will build up, cause the old wineskin to burst. And when it bursts, what happens? The old wineskin is ruined, but so is the new wine. Because it bursts open, it starts leaking out of that container. It's a double loss. You've lost both now. If you want the new wine, it's going to require a new and flexible wineskin. It's going to need a new flexible container. God has got such good new for you that you're going to have to change in order to contain it. You know what wine is uh, an example of in Scripture? You know what it's symbolic of in Scripture? Wine is always symbolic of the blood of Jesus, but also the Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit. And if you want that new wine in you, in fact, on the day of Pentecost, they said that they were drunk with new wine. And he said, we're not drunk as you suppose. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. We have received the new wine of the Spirit. I want you to understand that that Holy Spirit, if you want it inside you, you need to let your whole life change. And you need to become flexible to the calling of God. You need to become flexible when He convicts you. You need knees that bend. How's your knees doing? You need knees that will bend in prayer. They got that kind of flexibility. You need need a heart that will say, I'm sorry for the bad that I've done. Repentance is such a flexible move. You need to have some flexibility in you. And old wineskins, they don't have that flexibility. The new that God has for you is going to require active change. And it's going to require flexibility. So let us pray this. Lord, I want your new wine. Can you pray that to the Lord? Just say that sentence without out to him. Lord, I want the new wine. I know I want the new that you have for me, the new calling, the new spirit of God in me, saying new things to me, leading me, giving me dreams, giving me a future, giving me promise. And then pray this, because if you pray, give me new wine, you also have to pray this. Lord, make me a new wineskin. Lord, make my heart pliable. Make my life flexible. Lord, let me be able to go through trials and not break down. But Lord, let me be able to bend and move with the graces of what you're calling me into. Grace takes flexibility, don't you know? God has new for you. Say it one more time. God has new for you. Really quick. I want to go as quick as I can, but I want to tell you that God is a God of new. He's the ancient of days, but he always would talk to a prophet and say, behold, I'm doing a new thing. God has never run out of new things. He's given us a new birth. Everyone say new birth. Jesus promised us this in John chapter 3. Jesus promises us a new birth. You can be born again. He says born of water and of spirit. It's a new birth.
God has a new birth for you. If he has a new birth for you, why would you hold on to the old? Why would you hold on to the old when he has new for you? How about this? He can make you a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. When something has passed away, you got to let it go. When something has passed away, you, you need it out of your home. We're having a trouble in our house. There are some old things that have passed away in our homes. There are some mice, and some, they've, one of them has died in the wall. And we need that thing gone. It smells so terrible. Can I tell you, when you keep some old things that are no longer alive in your life, it smells just as bad. You got to let those old things go. They've passed away. Behold, new has come. The 12-step programs like Alcoholic Anonymous, uh, uh, Narcotics Anonymous. We have nothing against those programs. We're so thankful that people are going to get help. But I, I, I do have an issue with those 12-step programs. They will tell you once an addict, always an addict. I saw somebody just the other day. It was uh, Anthony Hopkins. He he had celebrated so many years, decades without a drink, and he will still say, he still claims, I am an alcoholic. Once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. And while I'm glad he's had success, I take umbrage with you always being what you've always been. I say that's not true because God is the God of new creatures and new creations. They suggest in 12-step programs that the best you can do is turn over a new leaf and try to have better habits. I want to tell you, God has better for you than trying to have better habits. Trying to slightly get better year after year. Trying to slightly grow stronger and wiser. Trying to slightly have a little more discipline in your life. God has better for you than slight improvement. If you could just slightly improve your life up the ladder, you wouldn't need God. God wants to make you a brand new creation. Not turning over a new leaf, a whole new creature. Just like the chemical change that happens in the grape juice, it becomes a brand new thing. Because it has a chemical change. God wants to make you brand new in every way. He's, he wants to change who you are on the inside, on the outside, the thoughts in your heart and in your mind. There's some great stuff about a new creation. A new creation has no past. A new creation has no hang-ups. A new creation has no rap sheet of, of past crimes. A new creation is not bound by history. A new creation is brand new. That's exactly what God wants to do in you. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. God can make you a new creation. If he can make you a new creation, why would you hold on to the old? God promises you a new heart and a new spirit. The prophet Ezekiel prophesied in chapter 36, verse 25. He says, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. And, I, and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of 
of stone, that old heart. It's a heart of stone. It's like the old wineskin. It's a heart of stone. It's no longer flexible. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a, a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. A new heart. God will replace an old heart of stone with a new flexible heart. God will give you a new spirit. God will put his very spirit in you. You know when we're talking about the Holy Spirit, we're not talking about like some other spirit. We're talking about God's own spirit living in you. Does that sound like that would be a good thing? Yeah. God has a brand new spirit for you. God wants his Holy Spirit to reside inside you. A new heart and a new spirit. Do you have a new heart? Do you have that? You can. Do you have a new spirit? You can. If that is available to you, why would you settle for old? There's a new tongue God has for you. Jesus said in Mark 16 17, that those who believe should speak in a new tongue. Lord, you can change even the way we talk. There's some of us, we're talking too negative. There's some of us, we're talking too, we're, the, the words that come out of our mouth are embarrassing and they're foul and they are not God honoring. God wants to change that in us. Can I just be real with you? God doesn't want you going around cursing at everybody every time you get upset. He wants to give you a brand new tongue. We could also say here that he wants to give you a spiritual life that causes you to speak in new ways, in supernatural ways. Can I tell you, speaking love is supernatural? Oh yeah, you've got some people in your life that have never said a loving thing to you. But if God gave them a new tongue where all of a sudden they said, I'm so sorry, I love you, you'd go, that's a miracle. Yeah, God can do that. God wants to do that. Do you want him to do that in you? Well, listen. Can you let him change your, your heart, your mind, and your tongue towards somebody in your life that's really ticking you off? He wants to do that for you. Will you let him bring that new? If he can do that for you, why would you settle for the old way of doing things? There's a wonderful promise in, in the book of Revelation that God is going to bring a new heaven. I think the old heaven's pretty cool. I, I, I'm for that. But he says, nope, I'll give you a new heaven. And also, a new what? A new earth. A new heaven and a new earth. The old heaven I've never been to. I bet it's amazing, Rudy. The old earth is not too shabby either. It's beautiful. There's some beautiful places in the world. I like to go see them. But God says, you haven't seen anything yet. I've got a new heaven. And I've got a new earth. And I've got it for you. I want you to be there. We are told that God is going to make a new heaven and a new earth. I can't fathom much more than that. That, that blows me away. None of us have that fully in our mind how it's going to be. I guarantee you whatever picture you've got, it's more better than what's in your mind. Everything old is going away. God is going to replace it all with new. 
And then there's this place in, in Revelation, we're talking about a new heaven, a new earth, and then something comes out of the sky, and it's called a new Jerusalem. It comes straight down from heaven, down to the earth. We, we are told about a new heaven, a new earth, and a new Jerusalem. And that's not all. There's a new kingdom. You know who's going to sit on the throne of that kingdom? A brand new king. We are taught about a new kingdom that's coming to earth. And there will be a new king sitting on that throne who rules only in righteousness and peace. Oh, my goodness. I'm thankful for our leaders, but my goodness, they could sure all do better at leading in righteousness, couldn't they? They could sure do better at leading in peace. You can't even see our leaders speak nice about each other anymore. They're violent towards each other with their own words. But a new king is going to come, and all of that old stuff is going to go away. And everything that comes out of his mouth is righteousness and peace and one more, truth. Hmm. When the new kingdom arrives, I want to tell you, no one's going to miss the old kingdom. The new kingdom's going to be that good. When the new king arrives, no one's going to miss the old king. Nobody's going to be like, I don't know, let's, let's have another election. Because we never have had problems with elections, ever. They're so good. We love our elections. And I'm thankful for our election system. But I'm telling you, when that new king sits on that throne, the whole world has been groaning for this moment, the Bible yeah. says. There will be such a relief. You'll, everybody just give a nice... Thank goodness. Whenever you've been relieved by the outcome of an election, I want to tell you, when Jesus Christ is on that throne, it's going to outdo any relief you've ever had with the outcome of an election. You're never going to want to go back to the old way. If God has new for you, why are you settling for the old? Sometimes that's what we're doing. Sometimes we're doing more than settling for the old. We're like handcuffed to it. We're like holding on to it. I got I need some of this old, old stuff. And, and it, it gets weird a little bit. There's some traditional stuff that can get in there. Well, grandmother always did it like this, so we always have to do it like this. We, we, when we have, she always came and she went to church, and God bless her, but she always folded her hands like this, and so I'm going to go to a church, and that's all I'm going to do for you. I want to tell you, I, I don't know your grandmother, but I want to speak for her real quick. God's better. I would, if she knew the Lord, she wants you to know this. God's better, and whatever he has for you, sweetheart, go after it. Go after it. Go after something new. Go after something new. God's got new for us. And then this is one of the most mysterious thoughts in the Bible. I like to think about this. I have no clue about this. But there's something about a new name. The Bible says there's a new name. Five different times scripture prophesies that those belong to the Lord will be given a new name. I don't know what my name's going to be. Thank y'all for not like shouting out something offensive. Something very juvenile. Yeah, just a name like that. No, I believe God has a good name for you. In fact, God's the only one who's ever said really nice things about me, like uh, above and beyond. That's what God is. He's always said the best about me. 
when, when I never thought good about myself, God thought good about me. That same God has got a good new name for us. On earth, someone might be calling you a drug addict. That's not the name God has for you. He's got a new name. Somebody might call you depressed. Somebody might call you uh, something that, that a doctor has spoken over you or a psychiatrist has. Maybe they've called you bipolar or, or one of these kind of diagnoses. I want to tell you, that's not the name that Jesus Christ has for you. He's got a new name for you. And we'll just have to see what that's like. But if he's got something new for you, why are you holding on to these old names? Oh, there's way too many people that their, their parents told them, you stupid. And that runs along in their head. And they're holding on to the, the old name that someone said about them. Or a coach. Or a teacher. Or even maybe a pastor. Somebody said something about them. I want to tell you, if God has a new name for you, isn't it about time you let go of that old name someone else gave you? You know how it works. God gave Abram a new name and Sarai a new name. They became Abraham and Sarah. And it was more than just a new name. It was a new identity and a new calling and a new promise, complete with new revelation and new faith. God has all of that for you. And when he has that for you, you'll never want to go back to the old then there's a thing in there that God has a new name that he's going to reveal for himself. And I just, I that blows me away. Because the name of Jesus is so good. I can't imagine what all the name of Jesus has taught us about God. What does this new name have for us? I don't know. But I love the newness of God. Do you love the newness of God? God has new for you. Why would you hold on to the old? As I'm inviting you uh, to come to the altar over the few moments, we've, I'm going to have our worship team come up. They're going to sing. Um, we're going to worship God together. But I, what I'd like us to do is I'd like us to do something new this year. And I would like us to start now. You don't have to wait. I want you to start now. Are you cool with it? I promise it's not an embarrassing thing. I'm not like going to be like, you, sir, Jeff, get up. You're going to come up here and take this microphone and sing like I'm not going to do that. But I've got note cards over this house. Note cards. These are not like supernatural note cards. They are from Dollar Tree. They're note cards. But I have a purpose for them. On one side, I want you to write the new things you desire God to do. I've got pens. They've got... At that table, this table, and along this altar are note cards. You can come right now and start getting one. And I want you to write whatever's in your heart. God, I want you to do this new thing for me. Maybe it's heal a certain person. Maybe it's save a certain person. Maybe it's help you with a bad habit. Maybe it's to answer a question for you. Maybe whatever that is, it's something you want God to do. Maybe it's bring revival to your city. And I want you to write that down. The new thing that you want God to do. And then I want you to turn it over. And I want you to... For more information about redemption, look us up online at redemption-church.com. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, 
Twitter, or even our anonymous question text line at 214-856-0.